0: I'm excited to be here worshiping with you guys, and more importantly, just just really being able to celebrate the Lord together and celebrate our resurrection Sunday. Amen. So,
1: So why don't we sing this song out and lift up a big shout of praise this morning. Come on, church. me So this morning as we come together, we say, Lord, I sing because you are good. So Heavenly Father, we say you're good, Jesus. Come on, lift it up. So Christ is my firm foundation. Come on, the rock. The rock on which I stand when everything around me is Did I put my faith in Jesus? He is. You do the
2: we can do, but sing about his goodness and his grace and his love. And his so powerful on a day like today. His love just overflows and overwhelms, and we are here just to give him thanks and lift up praise, because he has been so good to us. Amen, church. Let's just sing about that, how good he is. There's a place. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear God, thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer. We gather today celebrating the perfect gift of salvation that you laid out from the very beginning of time. The devil thought he won on Friday because you were crucified and buried. Yet today, Yet today, yet today, Lord, we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus. Victory over death. We pray for those away from their families as they serve this great nation in the military. Some of them with us now online. Bless them, Lord. Protect them, Father. Strengthen them. We pray for those incarcerated and their families as well. Bless them, Lord. Strengthen them, Lord, with your word. For those that are homeless. For those that are homeless. And those suffering with sickness and disease. Help them, Father. Bless them, Lord. Strengthen them, Jesus. Bring healing and restoration. Meet every need there and throughout this wonderful world that you created. As we prepare our hearts for communion, we remember the words you spoke at the Last Supper. We remember that you took our sins to the cross and by the shedding of your blood, we are set free. Forgive us of our sins. Make us right with you, I pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You may take your seats. And as you take your communion elements, we are reminded of the words of the Lord. As he took the bread... gave thanks and said take this bread for it is my body eat it in remembrance of me you may eat the bread he then took the cup can you see it Can you see him? He took that cup for you and me. He gave thanks and said, take this cup, drink it, for it is my blood that was poured out to free you of your sins. Drink it in remembrance of me. You may drink the cup. Father, we thank you for the sacrifice that you have given us in your son, Jesus Christ. May we be worthy of your name, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your favor, your blessing, your presence every day of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: we stand together. We remain in a spirit of worship and continue just to worship Him this morning. For all the love, sing it. Sing all the
3: love
2: have ever it comes like a flood, it comes flowing. So... lift up all honor and all praise and all glory because we do owe all to you we give you all our praise and honor in Jesus name amen church it is so awesome to stand on holy ground could you just turn to one another and welcome one another into God's house this morning
1: Good morning, my family, New Beginnings Church, and those abroad watching from home, and those in our overflow room, we want to welcome you this morning. My name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings, and I want to welcome you to today's Resurrection Sunday celebration. Can we give the Lord just one more celebratory round of applause? Amen. Not because he needs it, only be, but because we're excited about what today brings and what we're here today to do. Amen. To celebrate the resurrection of our king. Amen. Today, church, man, worship, uh, just an amazing time with the Lord. Thank you to our worship team and to our audiovisual team. <clears throat> Work hard and, and church... Uh, Today's message brings just a a ton of hope. Today's message is titled, God's New Day of Mercy. Amen. God's New Day of Mercy. You and I deserve a new day of mercy. Amen. Hey, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but do we have any first-time visitors in the house today? Any first-time visitors? Amen. 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 Hey, first-time visitors in the house, I want you to do me a favor. If you have a pen with you, I have these connection cards. I would love to connect with you. I personally would love to connect with you. And if you fill this out, I'm going to be calling you next week just to say thank you for coming in and thank you for visiting us. Or you can scan this QR code that's going to be behind me. Even if it's for your first time here on our stream, I would love to connect with you. You can also scan that QR code that's on your screen at home. But if you have that and here, there's even a prayer request on the back. I would love to connect with you even that way and have our prayer teams, yeah, plural, prayer teams connect. And because we want to pray for that need because we build community here at New Beginnings Church. We reach up, we reach in, and we reach out. That's what we do here at New Beginnings. And so we want to connect with you. But today's message, God's new day of mercy. And we believe that everybody deserves a new day of mercy. You and I are here because we had a day of mercy. There's one day that we ac- accepted that mercy. Can we agree? Can we say amen? You and I accepted that gift of mercy and that gift of grace one day. And everybody deserves that. And you and I, church, are doing an amazing work in that gift of mercy and grace around, not only around this community, but around the world. And I want to show you something. Something that you and I, how you and I are impacting not only this community, but the world through that new day of mercy. Check this out. King of
2: kings and salvation for each of us. And we just give you, Lord, all honor and all praise and all
0: glory for what you have done for us. For while we were yet sinners, you have laid down
2: your life for us. So while we do not deserve it, you still love us more than we could ever imagine. And in this place right now, we just hail you, King Jesus, for all the good things that you have done
3: for us
4: Our church is supporting around the city, around the state, around the country, and around the world. So we thank you for your faithful giving. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your just your goodness. My name is Richard Mansfield. If you've never met me, I'm the senior pastor of New Beginnings. I'm recovering from hip surgery. That's why I'm on a walker. I told my physical therapist I want to give up my walker for Lent, okay? (laughs) So they started teaching me how to walk with a cane. And I said, hey, can I walk out with a cane today? And she goes, no, you're not that good yet. (laughs) I'm like, oh, come on. I think I'm good. (laughs) But you know what? It's so so good to have you in the house of God today. Uh, Thank you for joining us and choosing to be here. Of all the places you could be, that you chose to come and spend an hour with God and say, God, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're done, and thank you for what you're about to do. There's literally hundreds watching online. We love you. Thank you for joining us. We have an online campus of about 600 people that watch online every week, uh, sometimes even more than that. But uh, if you're in the overflow room, we love you. You're very much a part of us. We're a part of you. We're all here together. Guys, I just want to share some amazing news. People say, what's all the big deal about Easter? What's all the big deal about resurrection? You know what? His death certificate became our birth certificate. It gave us life. It gave us life eternal. It gave us hope. In the midst of death, we have life. In the midst of sorrow, we have joy. In the midst of hardship, we have his peace that surpasses all understanding. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses one through 10, it says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothes was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a deep faint, a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid. I don't know about you. I'd be kind of freaked out, man. <laughs> you know, there's an earthquake. The, roll, the stones rolled away, man. And it's like, uh, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead just as he said he would, that it would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell the disciples, that he is risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. And you will see him there. Remember, I have told you what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb and they were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them. And he greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. I go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. In the gospel of Luke chapter 1, verse 78, it says, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. Oh, I pray that the morning light of heaven is about to break upon us and do something amazing for us right here at New Beginnings Church to give light to those who sit in darkness. Some of you have been sitting in darkness for a long time, and in the shadow of death, you've been even entertaining death. You're so broken. And he says, and to guide us to the path of peace, a new day. Is dawning a new day of God's mercy. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you speak to us. I pray that you speak to every individual here. You know what every one of us is going through. You know what we've been faced with. You know the challenges before us. Lord, in the name of Jesus, do an amazing work. In the name of Jesus, Father, speak to our heart. I pray these things in the mighty name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Mercy is undeserved forgiveness. It's undeserved kindness. It's God not giving us what we, we don't deserve it. But he gives us forgiveness and we don't deserve it because the wages of sin is death. And yet he gives us forgiveness. He gives us unearned kindness. We can't earn it. As good as we think we are, we're still all messed up. Amen. If you don't believe me, ask your neighbor, okay? No, 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 don't do that. I don't want any fights breaking out here today at church. Some of your, I told you, the pastor even knows. (laughs) So, when do we need God's mercy? When do we need his undeserved forgiveness? When do we need his undeserved kindness? Well, the first place we need it is when we've messed up. Have any of you ever messed up? (laughs) this morning, (laughs) a little while ago. (laughs) It's like, my goodness gracious, we do some of the dumbest things. Haven't you ever been caught with your proverbial pants down? You're like, oh my gosh, I feel like an idiot. You feel humiliated. Well, here's a story of a lady that's humiliated, but she didn't get caught with her proverbial pants down. She got caught with everything off. It's in John chapter 8, verse 2 through 11. Early the next morning, Jesus was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They only brought the woman. They didn't bring the man you know what? It was a setup, okay? It was a setup. No, really. I mean, I mean, she was definitely caught in adultery. And so was the man, but they let him go. But they didn't really care about what was going on because they were trying to set Jesus up. It says they put her in front of the crowd. I don't know if she has any clothes on. I don't know if she just has a sheet around her. All we know is you could hear the hurl[s] being made of her. we just caught her in adultery, this tramp, this no good for nothing. Have you ever been labeled by anybody? Have you ever been called something, and man, it, it scars you because you messed up? So they put her in front of the crowd, and they said, teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying They were trying real hard to trap him into saying something that could be used against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Now, we don't know exactly what he wrote. Some scholars believe that he just started writing all of those men's sin. And he's writing it in the dirt, and they're going, orale, does he know about me? Holy smokes, this is not good. They kept demanding an answer. What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? So he stood up again and said, all right. You say we should stone her? All right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again. And he wrote in the dirt. Maybe this time he might be saying, Jimmy, a liar. Tommy, a gossiper. Susie, are you with me? Now, if there's any Jimmy, Tommy, Susies in the house, I'm sorry. I'm not picking on you. All the family's going, see, he even knows. Pastor even knows about you. I just threw some names out there that came to my head, not inferring anyone. But he's writing in the dirt again. And when the, and when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest. The oldest is going, oh my gosh, I'm a religious leader and I've been at this a really long time and he even has my name in the dirt. Oh man, I better get out of here before I get, I get found out. Before I get exposed. Before my proverbial pants will be taken down, and I'll be caught in my sin until so even beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the women, with the woman. Then Jesus stood again and he said to the woman, So where are your accusers? You see, you could see her with her head just down into her lap into her hands. She's humiliated. She's broken. She's wounded. She's hurting. She's just like, God, this is horrible. I was drugged through the whole city and brought in front of Jesus at the temple with all the people. This is horrible. And he goes, hey, lady, wake up. Look up. Where are your accusers? She's got her head down waiting for the stones to hit her waiting to be killed and murdered right there, to be beat up. You ever been beat up by people? You go to work and they just, you go to the family gathering. Some of you aren't even going to go to the family gathering today because there's so much tension in your family. You're like, I'm not going to go to the family. They got stones. They're ready to stone me. Hopefully you're not going to the family gathering to get stoned. Okay, I'm sorry. That's that's a subject for another time. Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord. No. He goes. Neither do I. But go and sin no more. I'm not excusing your sin. I'm not saying it's okay what you're doing, but. Go and sin no more. Don't do it anymore. You see, God's mercy forgives us. God's mercy frees us. God's mercy takes away the spot. It says right there, we just sang the song, his blood runs red, but he makes us white as snow. Thank you, Lord. He totally changes us. He transforms us. I think all of us have felt that humiliation once in our life where you're just ashamed that they found you out. The Bible says your sin will find you out. Look what it says in the, in, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse one. This is what the reason the Lord came. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. To bring good news to the gospel. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to heal their wounds, to proclaim that captives will be released, You're going to be free. You're going to be forgiven. You're going to be set free. And prisoners will be freed. Aren't you tired of being in those chains of sin? Aren't you tired of being in those chains of habits? Aren't you tired of being in those chains that hold you down and hold you back and you haven't been able to move forward and you haven't been able to just have victory? And you're humiliated because you want to change so much. I wanted to change so much. I used to battle with alcohol and I had a problem and I wanted to change so bad. My mom died when I was 18, but I was ashamed that I had, she had seen me drunk before. My dad was still living and I was hurting him. My sisters and my brother were like, what's wrong with you? Mom and dad never modeled this to us. My wife was wounded and hurting, and I was trying so hard, and I just couldn't be free. And I felt like a worm. Nobody had to tell me you're no good for nothing. I knew I was no good for nothing. Nobody needs to point out your sin, do they? Yet people think they, look at you. Look at you. Can you see what you're doing? Look at this naked woman that we caught in adultery. Look at this guy. Look at this. Look at my son. Look at my daughter. Look at my husband. Look at my wife. Look at my kids. Look at my neighbors. Look at my... Look at, look at, look at, at. man, in the gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 47, Jesus says, I'm not going to judge those who hear me and don't obey me. I've come to save the world, not to judge it. See, we're already judged. The wages of sin is death. We're, We're all doomed for hell. And not because God's a God that sends people to hell. It's because we're so dumb, we don't choose heaven. It's like, heaven, hell. Oh, you know what? I think I'll go through a little bit of hell here on earth before I get to hell, hell. It's like, what's wrong with us? In the book of Psalms, chapter 86, verse 5, it says, O oh Lord, you are so good, you are ready to forgive. So full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Oh, I hope and pray that today you ask for his help. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, it says, This high priest of ours, meaning Jesus Christ, he understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testing, the same temptations, the same trials that we do. He's faced them all, yet, he didn't sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Oh, if you're that humiliated person, if you're that person that's messed up, if you're that person that just has really dug a hole, first thing you do is put the shovel down. Quit digging. Don't make it worse. And then cry out to God. Say, oh God, I need your mercy. There's a new day of mercy for those that have messed up. Then there's a new day of mercy when we're missing what we need. Haven't you ever been missing something? You just know you need it and you're like, man, I'm just... And you're almost jealous of other people and you're like, (laughs) golly... I don't have what they have, and I need what they have, and I want what they have, but I don't have it. Poor me. Good thing nobody here ever has felt like that, but I've heard that some people do. Haven't you ever got into a pity party, and you kind of feel sorry for yourself? See, there was a disappointed man in the gospel of John chapter 5. It starts at verse 2 through verse 9, and it says, In the city near the Sheep Gate, there was a pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches crowds of sick people blind lame or paralyzed lay on the porches waiting for a certain movement uh, a certain movement the water for an angel of the lord came down from time to time and stirred up the water the first person to step in after the water was stirred was healed and of whatever disease he had And it says one of the men laying there had been sick for 38 years. Now, I don't know if he's been there for 38 years, but he's been sick for 38 years, and he's waiting at the pool, and he's waiting for the angel to come down to stir things up. And it says he's been waiting. he has been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Now, isn't that kind of a dumb question? But it really isn't because some of us have gotten so used to our sickness. Some of us have gotten so used to our sin. Some of us have gotten so used to our disability. Some of us have gotten so used to the brokenness in our life. It's kind of become a companion now. Oh, you know what? I feel good. I, I I know I'm suffering. Look, I'll never forget one time there was a guy at the altar, and I really believe God told me go pray for him because God wants to heal him. And I went up to him and I said, "You know what? I really believe God wants to heal you. I just feel so impressed that God told me to come and pray for you because He wants to heal me, heal you." And he go, "No, no, don't pray for me to get healed. Just pray for me that I make it through difficult days because if I get healed, I'll use my, I'll lose my disability." I'm going, God, help us. So Jesus is saying, would you like to get well? Or are you afraid you're going to lose your disability? He goes, I can't, sir, the sick man said. For I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. No one else, someone else always gets there ahead of me. Can you hear him? And Jesus told them, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed and he rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. <laughs> so he got mad at Jesus because he healed somebody on the Sabbath because you weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath and healing someone's work. So, man, they really came after Jesus. That was one of the reasons they crucified him. Because he was doing stuff on the Sabbath. Aren't you glad our God is willing to break some rules to bring healing to you no matter what you're going through? Aren't you glad our God is here right now? And he's saying, so what can I do for you? Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? well I said, you don't understand what I've been going through. My husband's just, you don't, you don't know what my wife's like. You don't know what my kids are like. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know. And you know what? I don't, but God does. And God's mercy makes the impossible possible. God has a way of turning it around. God has a way of shifting. God has a way of doing it brand new. In the book of Luke chapter 18, verse 27, it says, he replied, what's impossible for people is possible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. God can turn it around. God will make it new. God will do something supernatural if you allow him to, and you just have to call on his name and say, God, help me. God, fill me. God, meet my need, because I am so broken, and I'm so angry, and I'm so bitter. I just look around, and I go, oh, everyone else is doing good, but look at me. Everyone else's marriage is good, but look at me. Everyone else's kids are great, but look at me. Everyone, 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 look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm glad you haven't ever thought like that. But I've heard people that come at 11 o'clock service, they do. Just <laughs> <It's> the saying. <same. laughs> See, we get there in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, by the, his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. And we have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And his mercy is there if you've messed up. His mercy is there if you're missing something. And his mercy is there when we're facing death. Man, have you ever come to the point of death? I know some of you have. You've overcome. You've overcome. They said you weren't going to make it, and look, here you are. They told me I wasn't going to make it. When I had COVID, I was in the hospital across the street at the women's hospital. And that's why I was almost dying. It's a women's hospital, and I went there as a man. They said, oh, <laughs> we don't know what to do with this guy. This is a woman's hospital. No, no, I'm not. (laughs) Okay, Look, Loveless, don't come and sue me, okay? I love you guys. They partnered with God, and God partnered with them, and I made it. But they called my wife, and they said, say goodbye to your husband. He won't make it through the night. And when someone tells you something like that, it kind of messes with your thinking. Now, see, I just thank God that my wife, when they put me in the back of the ambulance, she went to the back doors before they shut it, and they were working on me. My oxygen had dropped down to 70, and then it was going to 68, and they're working on me, and she goes, Richard, Richard. And I looked up from the gurney, and she goes, Fight, fight, fight. And I go, I don't wanna fight, I love you. <laughs> And she goes, "Oh my god, Richard. <laughs> you're dying and you're still making jokes." <laughs> but she did. She said, "Fight." And then she goes, "Psalm 118 verse 17. I shall not die." Instead, I shall live to proclaim what the Lord has done. And that was the verse I held on to. And that was the verse I prayed. Because when you're dying, things shift. Look what it says right there in Luke chapter 23. This is the crucifixion of the Lord. Starting at verse 39 through 43, it says, one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. He's dying. The guy's been crucified. Jesus, he's crucified. Jesus is crucified. And the other criminal's crucified. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. Can you just hear this arrogance? Like, <laughs> you're the Messiah. Messiah. I'm a criminal, I'm gonna die. And here, you were supposed to be the godly one. You were supposed to be the Messiah, and here you are next to me. (laughs) Yeah, sure you are. And he says, Why don't you save yourself and us too while you're at it? But the other criminal protests, Don't you fear God? Even when you've been sentenced to die? You're going to die, and you don't even fear God. You're going to die, and you're sitting here mocking God. You're going to die, and you're sitting there saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been at the deathbed of a lot of people, or even at the last few days of their life. And some of them don't like calling out to God because they feel embarrassed. They feel like, yeah, right, all my life I've rejected him, and now that I need him, I'm going to call on him. Hello? Hello? Exactly. Now that you need him, that's when you call out to him. But why wait till you're dying? Why not start now? Why not let your dying flesh be given over to the Lord and say, Lord, give me new life, because I need to live for you. I need to live a new life. So the, the cr- criminal on the cross says, we deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Like Jesus. I know you are the son of God and I know you're going into a kingdom and I want you to remember me. Just remember me. I don't deserve to go. I don't deserve to get there. I don't deserve to be there. I know I won't. But you know what? If I would just know that my memory, someone remembered me in heaven, that's the closest I'll ever get to being in heaven. Isn't that how some of us feel? Like, like if God could forgive my sins. I can't even forgive my sins. My wife sure can't forgive my sins. My husband sure can't forgive my sins. My children, my parents, my this, my that, my this, that. You know what I'm talking about. They throw it in your face all the time. Some of you used to be a pothead. And you've been free now for 30 years. And they still call you a pothead. Hey, Grifo. Hey, you know Richard? Oh, Richard the Grifo. Richard the prophet, you're like, man, when am I ever going to be free of that name? Because God gives us a new name. The devil called you by your sin, and Jesus called you by what you could become. My child, my son, my head, not the tail. Come on, you are my elect. And he says, I assure you that today you will be with me in paradise. God's mercy saves us for eternity. So, man... Some of us are fighting this brokenness in our life. And we've messed up so bad. We've humiliated ourselves, and yet God is saying, I love you. I love you, and I'll forgive you. Other people might, but I will forgive you. Other people might not, but I will forgive you. Some of you are missing something. You're saying, man, if I just had this or I just had that and I just had this and God is saying, I'm everything. With me, you will have more than enough. I'm the God of more than enough. And some of you are dying. You're dying in shame. You're dying in guilt. You're dying. Some of you are physically dying and you still haven't called out to God. Some of you have been told, you know what? We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what that growth is. It doesn't look like cancer. The test didn't show cancer, but, man, your health is declining, and some of you don't even understand, but God saves us for all of eternity. In John chapter 11, verse 25, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. You see, we're going to live forever. So when we die here on earth, those of us that are Christians... We breathe our last breath here, and it says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I don't know what that's going to look like, but, man, there's no one that ever wants to come back. I've always thought about that because I used to cry. I, I cried when my mom died. I was 18. I didn't understand. I wasn't a believer. She was. She was ready to die. She was trying to prepare us, but we weren't ready. And I'm there, God, send her back, send her back. And now that I know, I can see my mom in heaven. No, no me mandes para atrás, Cristo. Don't send me back, please. Please. That's earth. It's all messed up. Let me stay here and let them just come to me. You see, it's eternity. In Acts chapter 2, verse 21, it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18 says, so the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion. For the Lord is faithful, a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. And God is saying, I love you so much. Don't you understand my mercy is from everlasting to everlasting? Oh, you don't deserve it. It's undeserved forgiveness. It's nothing you could do. Not like, hey, did you see the good deeds I did? Now will you forgive me? It doesn't work that way. We're saved by grace. He gives us what we don't even deserve. And mercy is not giving us what we deserve. We deserve death and he doesn't give it because of his mercy. Grace It's him giving us his love when we don't deserve it. He just pours it out to us. And it's simply amazing. So I want to encourage us today and say, God, this is where you have me. This is what you have for me. So what is it you're dealing with? What is it that's happening in your life? What is it that's going on that you can't seem to break and those chains have you bound and they're choking you and you feel like that lady that's naked or just in a sheet and she's got her head down and she's waiting for any minute the rocks start beating on you and taking your life. And people have been beating on you with their words. They've been beating on you with their actions. They've been beating on you with the way they treat you. And yet God is saying, don't you understand how much I love you? I'm not beating you. I didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. I came to set you free. I came to give you freedom. I came to give you a new life. I came to transform you by the power of my might, says the Lord. And that's what the whole resurrection story's about. That him who knew no sin became sin on our behalf. And he took our sin to the cross. And then he buried it. And Satan thought he won. And he's throwing a party. All the hell was party. They thought they won. But man... Sunday came, the stone was rolled away, and he's alive, and Jesus Christ is still alive. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and someday he's coming back for us. So would you really just cry out to God? Would you really just pour yourself out? Would you really just say, God, you know what? There's nothing else I can do. There's nothing else I can do. I need you in my life, Lord. I want you in my life. I really am crying out to you. Because I'm that humiliated person. I'm that humiliated man, that humiliated woman that's been caught in my sin. I'm wrapped up in it. I'm that person missing something. Oh, I've been making all kinds of excuses why I can't change. Instead of saying, you know what? Stand up and walk. Stand up and do something about it today. Stand up and say, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that I'm going to surrender to my God. You might be dying. Oh, you might not have been told you have very little bit left to live. But you're dying in your sin. You're dying in your shame. And you're saying, what am I going to do about it? What I want us to do is during this song, I really want the Spirit of God to speak to us, the Spirit of God to really fill us, and to speak into your heart, and then we're going to give you an opportunity to do something about. it. Would you listen to the words, and would you even sing these words to the glory of God?
2: Jesus was forsaken, so I will never be. His grace is my salvation, the gift of God, the work of Calvary.
4: Would you give him praise and say thank you lord and thank you worship team for taking us into god's presence i really believe that i really i really believe that god is speaking to us and has spoken and I believe that there's some of you that feel like that humiliated woman and you don't even know how to make it right. And you're so broken. And you're saying, can God really, really forgive me? And yes, he can. And some of you feel like you're missing that ingredient, that peace to just take you to the next level of life. And you feel cheated and you feel like someone held you back. And I'm saying that today, God will lead you through it. And some of you are facing death. Some physically, you're ill. And some of you, you're facing wanting to die to some of your old habits, your hangups. And you're saying, God, I really need your strength. We have people that want to pray with you. If you're on the prayer team, please make your way up here. Because people want to know that they have someone they could go to and stand with in agreement. But today, if you have never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, if you have never given him your heart, and you want to make a new start today, and you want to do that, would you come up here to my left could you come to this right up front and just pray and say, I, I'm tired. I want a new beginning. I want to start all over again. They want to pray with you. Make your way up right now and say, that's me. I've never trusted Jesus before. I've never prayed to trust him. And I want to trust him so desperately. I want to cry out to him. Would you make your way up? And some of you just need prayer because you've been beat up so much in life. You have been drugged through the city and you've been drugged in shame. And today you want freedom. You want freedom from the harsh words of people around you. And you're so broken. Whatever your need might be, I encourage you to make your way up right now. Make your way up to pray. Make your way up to cry out to God. Make your way up and say, now is the time. Now is the moment. I need God right now in my life. I really need him to heal me. Heal my marriage and my relationships. To make things new. If you need prayer, please feel free to come up at this time as we pray. Dear God, we need your mercy desperately. And I know I've messed up in the past. And I know, Lord, I've missed out. And I know that, Lord, someday I'm going to be going to face death. And I admit, Lord God, that for much of my life, I ignored you. And, Father God, there's people that have been ignoring you. Oh, you've been knocking on their door, but they keep ignoring you. And, Lord, they love things more than they love you. And they're living their life for themselves instead of for you. Father God, we want to change that right now. If that's you, just say that prayer. Say, God, I want to change my life right now. Jesus Christ, thank you for being so merciful. I know that I don't deserve your forgiveness. Say, I understand, Lord, that I have fallen short. And I don't understand at all. But thank you for dying on the cross for me. I know that only your mercy can save me I could never be good enough to get into a perfect place like heaven so like the thief on the cross Lord I humbly say to you remember me remember me I ask that you save me save me not just from hell but save me from hell here on earth save me from the hurts and habits and the hang ups that have messed up my life Save me from the mistakes and sins and attitudes that just keep causing me to stumble over and over and over again. God, I thank you for your mercy. I humbly ask you to accept me into your family. I do this because of what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross at Easter. Amen. And amen. If you want prayer, there's still time for you to pray. Just celebrate the Lord and thank him for what he's doing. You can still make your way up. Feel free to come up and pray. People want to pray with you and embrace you. Just be loved. You're dismissed to go live it out to the glory of God as we remain in the spirit of prayer. God bless you and thank you for being with us here today. We love you.